You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 271st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. Hey, this is Matt in Bahrain. <laughs> and this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, where I'm going to just right off the bat ignore what little guy said, but also... What? No, I'm totally in Bahrain. <laughs> but also just apologize to our listening audience for my gravelly, uh, slightly I- uh, sick voice tonight. I've got... The big pint glass of emergency here. Mm-hmm. I am doing my best, you guys, and I'm going to pull through. So don't worry about me. I just got to say, I kind of enjoy this Spencer um, yeah. more. Yeah, it's like a new Spencer. It's kind of like this is a, a you know, little more sophisticated Spencer. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking that like you're kind bit. of like the. Um, you ever seen the movie Last Starfighter? Uh, <laughs> like, I don't like, think so. Kind Deep of cut. the replicant comes in, and like maybe you're a robot. And you're like you're ninety eight percent correct, but the voice <laughs> is just the one thing that's off a little. I see. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I mean that's kind of how I'm feeling. So yeah. anyway, kind of a, a not so busy week in the world of cycling, but definitely busy on the cyclocross side and some hot stove topic topics that we will discuss, mm-hmm. including uh, Brain Marita Juro's <laughs> unveiling. I also got some great emails and listener questions coming through Apple Podcasts. And um, I think it's time that we really need to just dig down into it and say this is also the final week of the Wide Angle Podium Donor Drive. So we'll talk more about it in the pre-lap. But uh, we'd love and appreciate all the support that we've been getting from our listeners and supporters. And you can find out more by going to wideanglepodium.com and clicking that donate button. Yes. Yes, you can. And so with that, Spencer. Yes, sir. As you were recovering, drinking the emergency... Mm -hmm. You you went down into the deep dark webs of YouTube. Uh-huh. I did. You know, probably you I'm going to assume that you're watching some, you know, monster truck videos, uh, you know, kind of other yeah. cool stuff Nailed on it. the YouTube's yeah. and somehow scrambled upon Cameron Jeffrey's yeah. YouTube page. I did. I'll tell you I'll tell you what it was. I was actually watching uh some of Bill's uh heat check uh videos about the cyclocross that's been happening and that got the uh YouTube uh algorithm going. And started suggesting other uh, cycling videos for me. And what popped up was a bunch of Zwift live stream and racing and stuff. Uh, by I kept seeing this dude's name, Cameron Jeffries, and I had no idea who he was. Um, and I was like, "Why is this dude getting ten thousand views on his videos? Like, it's just Zwift, whatever." And I clicked through to his page. Turns out he was uh, briefly the British uh, national e-cycling champion before he was stripped mm-hmm. of his title for riding the Tron bike, as discussed on this very pod a few weeks <laughs> so ago. So you didn't put his name together with the YouTube no, superstar. This is this is how uh, closely <laughs> I was watching this developing story in the cycling industry. Um, so I was just like, oh. It's that guy. Interesting. Whatever. And and then I noticed like his 
maybe second or third most recent video was a apology sort of uh okay he, who done it type of uh video T- time out on okay. the on the who done it video was that his most watched video oh by far by far <laughs> so maybe <laughs> i want to say it had like a hundred and something thousand views like really? and he was t- it's like 10 times as many views so yeah. maybe this was all on purpose I, well that's an interesting conspiracy theory and i wouldn't yeah. totally uh think that that's out of the realm of possibility because the one I mean, if he, the, the one directly after it had you know like 40,000 views so maybe four times as many so he's seeing some significant tapering but maybe some people are picking up what he's putting down um did you subscribe to his channel no no i did not oh, okay um it looks interesting though uh not my bag exactly but uh anyway the point of the story is i i i my curiosity Maybe my lightheadedness from a slight cold um, got the better of me, and I I clicked play on this tell-all, my side of the story uh, video from Cameron Jeffers. And you guys, I learned some things. Yeah. Are you are you sold? Um, did you get conned? No, no. I did. Uh, you end up donating money in any way? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, we Cam told you about fund that, doing that. The Cameron, yeah. the Cameron Defense Fund or mm-hmm. Fairness Fund? No, I uh, I didn't end up doing anything like that. He didn't actually ask for any money in his video. Credit to him. He started out with an apology. He started out uh, saying, you know, all this stuff uh, that uh, he was very sorry the way things turned out. All this stuff. It was. It seemed like a legit apology. Was and there then a he, co-host with him on him? No, like no, just him. Okay. Then he held up the actual letter from British Cycling. <laughs> About oh. his wow. disqualification and his suspension. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, was, you got me. You it was got extremely me. Good. good. It was extremely good. So he goes through like bullet point. I'm not going to recite it <laughs> thing by thing, but he kind, of, <laughs> he kind of explained how he ended up with a Tron bike that he hadn't earned. Um, and it was it's, just like... Okay. It's ridiculous. <laughs> a Tron bike. Yeah. <laughs> like that... Yeah. We've we've gone over this. Like everybody had the same bike. I just bike. want to re-hit that up. Everybody for the championship is is there live on a calibrated uh identical trainers and all that stuff. Like it's not it's not cheating. Anyway, that's that's kind of the crux of his whole thing is like, yeah, I didn't earn this thing, but like to be fair, I joined Zwift and was like, this is dumb. And then some <laughs> dude I knew was like, Hey, let me log in your account, I can get you this cool bike. And he was like, yeah, whatever. And didn't think about it again <laughs> until you got a letter in the mail from British Cycling that was like, you didn't earn this thing. But this guy has a super popular uh, Zwift racing channel now. Like the next season or whatever, next off season, he decided to go in more on Zwift and, and whatever. And he's like, so he's got this following. He's got like, this is what he does. He's definitely done whatever climbing <laughs> mileage after the fact to have earned the bike, but he already mm-hmm. had it. So it's just really weird. It got weirder and weirder, but I think the thing that most surprised me and I didn't, this must've just like flown over my head when we were talking about it because of the stupidity of the whole thing in the first place of the whole event in Jersey in the first place. But he is, wait, 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 he is there's a Jersey. Yeah. He's actually, suspended. you get the avatar Jersey. Oh, he had he had the Avatar jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like, like you, like, you, like, does he physically get a jersey? Oh yeah, it's a legit okay, so, national. So he championship. just wears that in his garage, right? And then and he gets one. He can't wear it out on the road. <laughs> and then yeah. he's got the. You get to wear it. His character wear it in the basement. Has a jersey. Yes. Anyway. Oh wow. What I didn't realize somehow through all this, and I'm sure it was plainly clear in the press release uh, when this all came out weeks ago, but uh, this is the <laughs> level of caring that I had. This guy's actually suspended by British Cycling from competing in real life events. <laughs> Not yeah, just second stupid. life. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does that make any sense? You, you got your avatar got a, a digital bike that it didn't earn. So we're going to suspend you from doing a real bike racing for six months. Explain. Somebody explain. Well, clearly British Cycling is the benefactor of the clicks on the watching the ads on the Cameron Jeffries YouTube channel. <laughs> Must be. I that is good theory. I didn't even really like I mean I remember talking about this and was just more mad about the perfectly calibrated trainers and then right. this guy didn't notice that he had a light cycle <laughs> bike. <laughs> right. But um I'm really just impressed by the fact that British cycling had the gall to uh suspend him for six months on the road. It it doesn't make any sense. Like it, it's fine. Take the jersey away. Say he's disqualified from your pseudo competition. <laughs> like whatever. But like, he didn't do. He didn't do anything. <laughs> like what? I I don't know. My mind was blown. Up with, like, My bean was freaked. I I lost it. I couldn't. I had to bring it up again. I'm sorry. We're talking about Zwift yet again on this podcast. But I just I didn't even know what to make of it. It's incredible. Yeah, I don't either. It's crazy. It's, it's... So, I, I guess I'm just more into this idea that he had his friend. He gave his friend <laughs> his login. Now, yeah. I, you guys know me. You guys know my password for pretty much everything because we all used to share the <laughs> the same login for every cycling event. So I will just tell you now that you guys could go over to my Zwift file. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the password's the same. You Good guys could start doing the 50,000 meters of climbing or whatever it is to get me the Tron bike. Yeah. Um, that'd be appreciated. All right. I'll, I'll look into that. that. Yeah. As soon as I hit the basement, start training. So, little guy, you, you um, while, while Spencer was a man of the world recovering watching YouTube, you clearly were just knee deep in the current events of the day, reading uh, the New York <laughs> Times, the New Yorker. And I believe that you have the... Um, the hot tip for the next great cyclist uh, coming out of the Mideast or going yeah, to I the Mideast. All we need is a couple hundred thousand dollars and we can get on that Bahrain thing. And I think we can make <laughs> some big signings on that team. <laughs> uh huh. I'm 100% that. sure that's what Rudy was talking about, you guys. He's so, just trying to secure that, that financing so, and get Cavendish that, that padded out contract. Now, now, for our European listener, there was this story that recently broke that... Uh, you know, not to get too knee deep into politics here, but old man Rudy Giuliani did the old classic butt dial to a reporter. <laughs> and yep. then during the conversation that he left on the voicemail, he was talking about Bahrain. And instantly, like you, little guy, I started thinking of the cycling team because I have no other reason to think about Bahrain, apparently. Yep. No. And then he says, oh, we just need a couple hundred grand. Yeah, and, he's and just trying to make some signings, man. Yeah, so who do you yeah. think it is? Mark Renshaw? Like trying to get the lead out man for Cavendish again? No, no, no. Well, they, they Renshaw have to, retired. Yeah, they have to they aim higher back. than this. He only need a couple Cav- hundred grand. Cavendish is now the lead out man for this mystery sprinter that they're going to get on board, who 
let's let's think about it. Sam Bennett still, uh, I think, not signed yeah. as far as I know. Uh, he could be a big player there. So Rudy Giuliani maybe uh, playing the middleman here, trying to skim a little off the top. Yeah, I wouldn't. So, I wouldn't put it past Rudy. He's, he's he's definitely dipping his quill in all kinds of shady things. So well, why not this? <laughs> hey, well, speaking of. <laughs> Shady things in the Berean Marita team. We did get a nice email this week that I'm, I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but it all comes right together. Okay. This one comes from uh, Jeffrey Aldrich, who hit us up. Um, he says, hey, guys, really loved the Halloween candy rankings. Keep up the good work. Now that I have an actual commute to work, your pod has been even more crucial. I just read this on dig.com. It's a bit of a read, but it's pretty fascinating. Hope you enjoy. Hmm. And it's a link to the outside outside magazine article. <laughs> about brain stimulation and how yeah. Brain Merida basically is funding brain stimulation for their riders. And oh. one in particular has found it super important for his career, and that's Domenico Pozzavivo. And basically, at the Giro, Giro in 2018, he started using this like brain stimulation uh-huh. that Brain Merida like, bought to boost his recovery. Night after night, he faithfully donned the electrodes for a massage. And after 17 stages, he found himself in third place in the GC on track at age 35 for his first ever Grand Tour podium. But the complicated logistics of grueling mountaintop finish in the resort town of Prado, Nevesso, meant that he missed his session after the 18th stage. And for the first time in the race, he slept poorly. The next day, he lost eight minutes to the leader and slipped back to sixth overall before finally finishing in fifth. Uh. To the staff at Bahrain Merida and to Pozzavivo himself, neither his career best performances nor the timing of his one bad day seemed like a coincidence. I don't know. It feels like that's a lot of placebo going on there. I don't know. I was reading this article. This guy, yeah. I read the whole thing. Basically, Brain Marita bought this technology and is trying to create a like trek travel type thing with like, hey, come ride the greatest climbs in cycling. We will give you the electrode massage recovery juice, and then you will be able to climb like nobody's business. Are you guys shocked that Brain Marita is behind this? This seems like the most Doctor Evil thing I am come up with. Not at all surprised. I would assume it would have been them or UAE or Katusha. Wow, going for all just this the <laughs> axis of evil right there, a little guy. Axis I mean, of evil and cycling right there. The, I I guess this whole thing clearly is placebo, but maybe it's right. But the bigger question is, should it be outlawed? Like altitude tents during a race, like well, you can do it in your training. What do now, you guys think? If you can get somebody. suspended for six months for having a, a digital cartoon bike on uh, on Zwift, I think this has got to be in the rule book somewhere that they can they can kind of pencil this against some some sort of rule that's already there. It seems, yeah, I don't know. It seems weird, but I don't know. I mean, what is it doing? What is it? So supposedly, it's like strengthening the. Uh, the neuron receptors in your brain that control how you feel in recovery and to fuel like the, the messages. I don't know. I'm not the scientist. They were using lots of abbreviations in the article that I was just like, not going to read that, (laughs) nor am I going to scroll back up to see what it is, but it's like 6,000 word article. And you're like, you know, I once put peppermint oil on my upper lip 
before a criterium because I read in Bicycling Magazine that it would improve my recovery and I was tired of getting dropped in Cat 5 crits in Minneapolis. Did it work? I remember that. It did not work, (laughs) but but I totally would have done it. It's marginal gains, man. If I was a dentist hanging out and had a lot of money to spend and I saw a flyer from Brain Marita that said, fly to Italy... (laughs) Get a neuron massage before each stage of a fake tour. <laughs> uh, you know, like if I was single, didn't have kids, didn't. I mean, clearly now I wouldn't do it with the stroke. I'd be like, I mean, yeah, that seems like a really bad idea. Yeah, you know, but well, yeah, I may qu- have would have done it. So Posavio's really hurt, right? Because every three years, a black cat runs in front of him right before a grand tour and he breaks <laughs> all his bones. It's it's his thing. Um, so he's what, 36, he's out of contract currently. I mean, I think the real test of this is whether Bahrain Maria puts their money where their mouth is or where Posavio's head is. And they just strap one of these <laughs> things on him for six months uh-huh. and some sort of like vat of yogurt. And he comes back, <laughs> um, stronger next year or they just don't sign it, resign him. And then we, we know that it's all, it's all fake. Yeah. It's all yeah. fakey. It's all fakey, fakey then. That's, yeah, well, that's the only th- way to tell. I think a lot of this stuff is really fakey, fakey. But, uh, so you know. here's a question <laughs> I have for you guys. Now that we have this technology, now that Bahrain has, uh, has, has pioneered this neuron stimulation thing with Posavivo, mm-hmm. uh, and as little guy mentioned, he's, he's 36. He's well over the hill. Yeah. Um, yeah. It uh-huh. sounds like we can bring back riders uh, like Frankenstein back from the dead. Um <laughs> Who or David <laughs> David Rebelance already uh, part of it? He's not dead yet. Um, not dead. Just re- just signed a contract, my friend. Yeah. So, who are you guys uh, as a DS on uh, on on pick a team? Who are you bringing back from retirement with neuron uh, supplement uh, massage to lead your team to victory in twenty twenty? I know that. Oh. I know. I one hundred percent. Toffee. He was so close to it without the neuron stimulus. <laughs> That's you right. just throw That's that true. neuron stimulus on him, front group for sure at Perry-Roubaix, right. at least a top five. Is, is, he, is there still talk of him coming back? I mean, what's one no. year on the calendar? Well, <laughs> I, don't, I haven't heard anything. But I just can only imagine if without the magic of brain stimulus, he was that close. I mean, it's so, got to be the missing piece in that puzzle. I mean, Spencer, this is a really good question. Um, I mean, you know, there, there's so many that, that you can come up with. I mean, for me, just right out of the Slow Ride Podcast Hall of Fame wheelhouse, I would have to probably go with like a, uh, I mean, Jan Ulrich's kind of become a dick, so I wouldn't do him. I Maybe um, Ebon Mayo. Okay. Interesting <laughs> um, that you Totally not other. a dick. Totally yeah. not a dick, Ebon Mayo. You no, pick- I take Ebon Mayo because I'm just remembering like the Musette incident. Sure. Oh, so good. That was like the height. But I also think Tyler Hamilton would be great because I think Neuron Neurons could have like fused his shoulder a little uh-huh. bit faster when he was at the Giro that one year and he broke his like separated shoulder or whatever and had to um finish the uh or was it the Giro, the tour? Yeah. yeah. He broke, he broke a, Yeah, that's right. They had to hold up the they had to hold up the uh, X rays to prove because the French media didn't believe that he really had a broken collarbone. Yeah. Lying Americans. Okay. I mean maybe him, maybe Chris Horner. Ooh. You know? Like wait, is he even retired? I don't know. Like <laughs> pretty sure I mean, he's still active. You could revive his career though. You could breathe well, life into it. That's that's good. That's a good answer. I do I do want to propose one rule change for the UCI. Okay. Um 
I don't like this minimum age requirement thing that the UCI has where they have these average ages where, you know, like the team age must be 27 years or whatever. So then that requires them to hire young guys. Yeah, I hate that rule. I think I'm going to go all in on we should just go get the really just washed up riders or like the, the riders well past their peak and collectively come in as just the old man team in the tour. Um, okay. I think that could be a lot of fun. It could also open up a lot of sponsorship money because clearly looking at television and my YouTube ads and everything else that's coming up on the algorithm, they they know that I'm older, I guess. Because <laughs> there's a lot of blood thinner medication <laughs> advertisements <laughs> <laughs> and all the like clearly there's a market here. Yeah. Um so who would you say would be your recently retired or <laughs> over the hill two thousand four riders? So we obviously have Mansebo, Rebelin. Yeah, Chris Horner's still kind of around. Who else like would you throw in there? Well, how many? How many you? Uh, I guess you nineteen. How many you nineteen riders do you need on a team to offset one Revelin? <laughs> At least four. <laughs> That's an even better question. At least four. Bare like if the roster four. is okay, eighteen guys or whatever. Okay, I can't do all this math, but yeah, um, I yeah. Th- I, get, I mean. Timmy, I, I think you got to go Canego, right? Oh, I would definitely. Oh, Canego would be a good one. Yeah. The Little Prince, former Grand Tour winner. I miss that guy. Oh, you know what? That's for you, though. For me, Gilberto Simone. <laughs> oh, Simone. Dextraterrestrial. Couldn't get he enough of good. that guy. Oh, guys, I think that, that that could definitely get us a World Tour license. That is 100% you, for sure. You guys know Rigo's <laughs> probably doing it right now, right? Rico? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know he's banned. He's still banned for like four more years or something. But he's he's probably starting his brain stimulus program yeah, right now just to be. This uh, just means he's got a oh shot. God, this is this is where we lose all our listeners as we just become glorification of past maybe dopers. But we should talk <laughs> before we get into the prem lap about the uh, the Giro. Uh-huh. Um, they did release the 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 course. I believe it's starting in Hungary. Okay, next year. I haven't um, looked at it. They're going to climb Mount Etna. That's cool. Last week of the stage, you know, it's classic Jura is the last week. Um, but it does have three time trials, including a last day time trial. Yeah. A last so, day time trial. A last like day time that. trial. Yeah. Huh. There's no team time trial. There's no team time trial. That's good. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I'm just going to watch 18 of 21 stages now. <laughs> um, you know, uh-huh. like, so I appreciate the Giro for looking out for me, knowing that I, you know, can't direct all my energy into my favorite stage race of the year, um, except for three stages. Uh, I guess it's just, it's going to be less boring than the tour for the first time. Cause the tour only has one time trial stage coming up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, are they actively working against Carapaz? Do they not want him to win? Is that what this whole story is? Yeah, it's that. It's like basically just trying to get Bernal to show up. Yeah, or they want G to show up, you know. Or Froome. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like you got your pick of Grand Tour possible (laughs) Which sky rider do you want? Yeah, like which Ineos rider do you want to show up? You design a route, and then that's what you get, right? Well... One rider they won't have to be begging to get to show up is Peter Sagan, who announced that he will be at the Giro in 2020. And then I don't know if you guys noticed the other press release that came out at the same moment was the cancellation of the Amgen Tour of California, because now no one will care about it because Peter Sagan won't be there. <laughs> he was was the defining feature. <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's Sagan, kind of 
punishing for uh, Tour of California, I think, to not have Sagan. Although, does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? Like, do the residents of California know who Peter Sagan is, or are they just the, ah, here come the bikes well, shutting down the roads again? Yeah, the fans know. I mean, no, normal people do not know who Peter Sagan is. Yeah. Maybe Sagan should just grow his hair back. That's my other tip for the day. Sorry to give the UCI one, get rid of the age average requirements. Number two, Sagan, grow back out the hair. It looked really good when he had it. Yeah, I agree. I can't argue with that, yeah. <laughs> I like crazy, <laughs> like the flow, crazy a little hairy. bit of wings. Well, anyway, it's the Giro. We'll promise to be good. So um, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into our preem lap here, and then we're going to be talking some listener emails and then quite a bit of cyclocross conversation to be had. But let's get to the preem lap. What up? This is Tomas Koyinch, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. We are here in our final week of the Wide Angle Podium member drive. Once again, we'd like to thank all of our existing and brand new sustaining members that have come on board you can head on over to wideanglepodium.com click the donate tab up top to find out more here's the best part about becoming a member and supporter of the wide angle podium network one you're supporting independent cycling media and we honestly thank you for that this is a fairly expensive endeavor to get everything going and it really helps us out and we appreciate your appreciation of us two you get to choose what shows you support and we have so many great shows on the network. First off, I'm going to drop off Life in the Peloton with Mitch Docker. Yeah. Amazing. We also have Bike Shop CX. We have Cyclocross Radio. We have Grodio. We have The Consummate Athlete. We have The Slow Ride Podcast. It's an all-star lineup. That's six fantastic shows. And we throw in a seventh channel, which is the... Um, Slow ride, or which is the wide angle podium, uh, part spin, part spin, which has all of the different shows that we're testing out. That's where the Grodio came out of, which is fantastic with an Amanda Nauman and Zach Schuster. I'm um, talking about the world of gravel. You can support all those shows, and we wouldn't be able to do that and provide you with the downloads and all that internet space without your support of the network. So head on over to wideanglepodium.com and click donate. Yeah, so uh, wide angle podium is donor supported like we don't have any funding we don't have any uh there's no grants uh coming our way you know what i mean uh the lights are literally kept on at you- wide angle podium by donations from folks uh like yourselves who are uh, listening to the shows who enjoy them who get something out of it uh you know if it, if it is something that's part of your routine every week uh, you listen to to this show or others or or whatever. Um, it would really mean a lot if you can, uh, you know, kick us a little bit uh, of your hard earned uh, cash to help us keep this thing going because um, we don't uh, we don't get a lot from it, and uh, we'd like to see it keep going. So that is my uh, my little plea. Um, and uh, yeah, I just you know we hope to well- see you on the uh, on the red sheet that's absolutely true and i think at the end of the day this like npr we, we do this one time a year this is the third and final week that we're going to be asking for your support again we appreciate it we have some great um prizes we also are running a contest for the continuing yeah. 
supporters and the new supporters. And that is a sign or a, a Trek factory racing Belgian national cyclocross kit. Yeah. The team, it's the tele, Telenet Fidea I don't Alliance. think it's signed, but you d- I don't actually I will know sign this. it. <laughs> I'll sign it. Yeah. Um, we absolutely were thrilled to receive this um, jersey from the good folks at Trek. And that is what we're going to be using to help entice you to become a member or to continue on. So thanks for all that. We have many friends and listeners throughout the world that have signed up. So even if you're over in the UK or you're our one Armenian listener, go ahead and... Uh, Feel free and uh, uh, jump on board. We also are more than uh, able to take one-time donations to help keep the lights on. And uh, thanks. Yes. Yeah. Thank that you. That is absolutely true. Uh, we will we'll stop bugging you about that now, and we'll start bugging you about other things like the Works Hydro Shot, which has been a fantastic <laughs> partner to us. I'd, I'd say the Works Power Shot uh, definitely won the weekend in Cincinnati. Uh, we're oh talking God. about Cincinnati Cross, lots of mud, and the power shot was definitely a popular device there. Yeah, because the best part is it's a portable power washer. You get it in two different um, power settings. The best part is you can have the um, the 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 cap adapter, so you can mm-hmm. plug it into basically a two liter bottle of of water. Yeah, this then, thing's this thing's incredible. It it is completely portable, battery powered, like Tim said. Uh, you can take it with you wherever you're going, throw it in, uh, you know, the trunk of your car and take it to a cross race. And if you race cycle cross in the U S you know that literally every <laughs> single weekend of cross racing so far this year has been muddy, uh, from, from, uh, DC to, uh, all the way back to jingle cross and Trek, uh, and everything in between. Um, so, if you are an early adapter to this, you are uh, patting yourself on the back because you are a genius. Uh, and if you have not yet uh, partaken, uh, head on over to yourcleanbike.com and use the promo code CLEANBIKE and get yourself 15% off any HydroShot item that includes the HydroShot, includes extra batteries, includes the bicycle cleaning uh, brush kit they put together. Um, just check it out. Uh, we've got a link in our show notes to a, a, a pretty hilarious YouTube uh, kind of <laughs> long form commercial that they made for it. That's definitely worth watching. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I, I love this thing. Uh, everybody that we've showed it to or who has used it has also loved it. And uh, I think you'll love it too. Yourcleanbike.com promo code cleanbike 15% off. Awesome. Let's get back to the show. We've got some pretty cool announcements, including one from Roller Derby. So remember it and uh, yeah, enjoy your Star Ride podcast. So guys, I got an awesome email today, and that came from the godfather of fantasy cycling that we all play, Roller Derby. Of course, I'm talking Luke. He sent out an email about a new version of Roller Derby that is currently testing. So Roller Derby, for those that don't know, just head on over to rollerderby.com and then you can uh, sign up for future updates on how to do certainly the best fantasy cycling game on the internet. Basically, it's like betting on cycling, but it's internet points, so it's really just your reputation and as it's a member of one of the Wide Angle Podium Network, you can also support it by 
hooking up at wideanglepodium.com. But I digress. Little guy, did you get the note? Did you get the email from Luke? I got it, but it was while I was out with uh, little Tom Boone Tom Boone, and and I didn't read it. So fill me in. (laughs) All right. Here it is. Odds now are locked in when you make your bet. Oh, so I love that. The I can, best part about this is that if you, now. if you get there early, right, you can buy a bet now, like, uh, you know, Lars Sweek winning this week's uh, cyclocross race, and he might start at 16 to 1, naturally. And if he wins, you're going to win the money that you bet when it was 16 to 1, not if he becomes a 2 to 1 favorite later in the day. Yeah. That's the best part. So someone else comes in and kind of skews the odds. You're not going to get, um, you know, you're not going to lose out for when you made the plunge on the bet mm. as a, a long, a long shot. I'm absolutely thrilled with this, Spencer. This yeah. is definitely going to help your game as well. Oh, I know. I'm, like, I'm, you know, I'm very excited. Um, you know, I was already a top ten player uh, <laughs> while you were down there languishing in the bottom. So this, will, very this will only give me uh, <laughs> more of an edge. Yeah. Someone did the math that I had lost uh, thousands of points on it. But I will say this: in the roller derby, uh, Luke then also dropped this announcement. This is the the cool part of the email, besides um, the locked in odds, okay. is that it looks like cyclocross will be making a comeback on roller derby. So you're going to be able to uh, start oh, betting cool. on some roller derby uh, events and maybe we'll run some kind of a contest uh, for set cross season here on the slow ride. Um, we got another email here in the terms of a review. So I'm okay. absolutely thrilled to uh, read this one. Five stars from the Mitch Docker fan club. Hey, it's our boys who hey. owns the draft. Great podcast. Gents motivated to do my first crit race in the spring question. Who owns the draft on an open road? I was out training this morning and chased my way solo bicep emoticon onto a group of four guys who are clearly on a racing team. Suffice to say, they were not pleased to see me on their wheel. (laughs) I can understand some shade. (laughs) I can understand some shade if I was thrown off their pace line, but I was extra careful to hang far enough back and well clear of the four's rotations. Personally, I enjoy dragging a stranger along when I'm feeling strong. Cheers. Spencer, was the Mitch Docker fan club in the wrong? Well, I was I was going to say oh, unequivocally, yeah. Um, <laughs> but some extra information there about hanging just far enough of, off the back to let them do their rotations. That doesn't sound like he's exactly sucking the wheels. I don't but know. It's maybe uh, like it's eye of the beholder kind of know. thing maybe here. So... I'm not sure I can let him off the hook yet. I I think he might be adding that to kind of soften it. That's kind of like when you yeah. were a kid and you kind of stole something and then your mom knew you stole it, but you're like, uh, it was for a friend. Or if you, uh, you know, got yourself a Tron bike and uh, you hadn't quite <laughs> earned it. <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah. exactly. Yeah. So and this is a universally frowned upon move. Uh, if If you don't know the folks in the group... Um, just silently attaching yourself to the back, even if you're hanging off <laughs> a little bit, is universally frowned upon. So I think the the best case scenario for you, if you find yourself in this situation, is to ride up alongside and say, hey, guys, do you mind if I tack on the back? I'm blowing no. up or something no, like no, that. No, no, and they'll no, probably be like, ugh. <clears throat> no, yeah, don't whatever. listen to Spencer. Don't listen to Spencer. Here's what you do. You sit about 10 yards off him, right? How many but meters then, is that? That's like 11 meters, I think. Okay. 
And they're like 11, 12 meters off the back, right? <laughs> but then you see the town line sprint coming, the town line <laughs> sign, and they're still in their rotation. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go over the double yellow or double white. I don't know where Mitch Docker fan. I'm assuming the Mitch Docker fan club is in Europe. Um, yes. I would, then you go over the, whatever the, the center line is on the road Yeah, and you do full post up, whatever they come by you again, full TT mode and you never see them again, but they will never forget that you destroyed them in that sprint. Cause that's what matters. That is true. Yeah. Okay. That's a strong point, <laughs> but I want to get back to this point of the email though, that talks about, um, these guys were clearly on a race team. I'm assuming because they were all on matching kits. Right. The four of us have, or the three of us and many of our friends have been in matching kits before. You would okay. think we were a race team, but we were never a race team. That's fair. <laughs> well, so, once you know, or twice. Yeah. And there was lots of emails going back. I, I recall an email thread that we had once that was like 80 emails long about what we were going to do on a crit. And yeah. then one lap into the crit, all that went out the window. Oh, <laughs> it was just like, that's not what you said in the email. Like there wasn't even that conversation. It was like, Tim's already taken a free lap. <laughs> Spencer's jumping into the port john Little guy's <laughs> the one that's actually still racing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's good uh, stuff. I, yeah. So, all right. We got another uh, email here. This one comes to us from uh, Josh Bauer. It's a big friend of ours all the way over in China. Josh just wanted to jump in and say hi. And Josh, we absolutely love your support and your uh, how you've been able to continue your support of the Wide Angle Podium Network while you're over in China. It means a lot to us. And as you're a, um, a member of the uh, Wide Angle Podium Network, we're going to make sure that uh, you have the ability to uh, get some uh, of that bonus content, including the Mitch Docker bonus content. Uh, so thanks for uh, your support. Also, we have an email here from Derek Gross. Now, guys, Derek Gross is a member of our Facebook group, the the Slow Ride Podcast official fan experience zone. Okay. And he's the one that hit us up that he won the Trek Century Challenge on Strava. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Where basically, he put in a bunch of rides for the Make-A-Wish program in uh, Michigan, and he had to hit 500-mile minimum. So he really had to just like hit the hit it so he could get the project one. But it turns out is that he actually won. And so he sent us this email that he got to meet Mads Peterson, Tom Schoons, everybody there at Trek Sega Fredo. And awesome. he got to watch the world championships with Mads Peterson sitting on the couch next to him. Nice. <laughs> like, I don't know how I would respond to that. I'd be, <laughs> I would probably ask way too many questions that Mads would be like, who are you again? Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have a press pass? <laughs> like, well, I don't yes. know. Don't, don't ask me. At what point here did you think that you were going to beat him in a sprint? Like, when did you know you were going to beat him in the sprint? Yeah. yeah. Just a lot of good stuff. Be a lot of that. Anyway, Derek, thanks so much for uh, yeah, sharing your story. Awesome. Congrats on the sweet so Mads, project Mads, one. Here we, here we are 150 meters out from the finish line, Mads. Like, are you dreaming of that silver medal right now? Or are you just like, oh man, <laughs> this is going to be the biggest thing I've ever gotten? <laughs> Oh man, I can't wait to Mads. Right now, are you sitting there going like, "Man, I'm gonna win! I can't wait to meet me, the winner of the Strava 100 <laughs> Century Challenge and this yeah. sweet new uh, Project One bike yeah. that's uh, painted, uh, yeah, Klein esque." Friend of uh, the podcast, Michael Moran, did the uh, the whole paint uh, setup. 
Lovely. But yeah. I'm just I'm just stuff. hoping Derek grilled him about the Slow Ride podcast and Tom's as well, because that guy, he's a big yeah. listener. Yeah. So anyways, pretty dope uh, to see. So congrats to uh, Derek for that. So if you want to email us or uh, hit us up on the show, you can always rate or review us on Apple Podcasts, or you can email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. Little guy, as our resident cyclocross aficionado expert, if you will. Okay. You've had a pretty busy weekend walking, watching some cyclocross racing. I did. There was the, uh, I, the Ethios or whatever they call that series now on Saturday in Bering. Yeah. And, uh, super prestige today on Sunday. Did you guys get a chance to check either of these out? Should I just give you the rundown? I on the watched Koreans? a little bit of super prestige today, okay, mostly yeah. because I wanted to see how, um, Friend of the podcast, 16th place superstar Lauren Sweek was doing. Did quite well for himself. He Finished did. on the podium. And Lars Vanderhaar taking a strong second place with Eli Ellie Azerbite. Pretty much nailed so this, it. This today was the last... What is that? Tim nailed the pronunciation. Oh, yeah. yeah. It it's was pretty good. Well, this was his last chance to win because Vanderpool's coming back next week. So this was, this was the last of the preseason cyclocross. Super so, so do you think they, Vanderpool is going to win the first race back? Has he ever not won the first race back in any discipline? Basically, here's the thing. I was watching this race today, and yeah. I was watching Ezerbeat off the front, and I was just like, "Well, I'm just trying to imagine Vanderpool another 40 seconds in front of him." <laughs> <laughs> and exactly, I was thinking about it, and then I was like, "No." Hang on. Vanderpool was a good 40 seconds ahead of Toon Ertz last year. Now, Toon Ertz is a good 60 seconds behind <laughs> Easterbeat right now. So, I like your if math I'm here. doing this, this is, virtual this is... MVDP, he's actually behind Easterbeat on this yes. track. So, now, I'm you... actually I'm thinking if he doesn't come in at 100%, he's definitely not winning and if he huh. is at 100%, I still don't think he's winning. I don't know what this. I feel like Spencer, that seems like really sound math. I love every single I, I, part of that. I like it's so it's true. Oh, it's flawless. I yeah. like to see. I can see you got some graph paper out, and you had a slide ruler, and you were like doing the distances. A um, slide ruler is that one that makes the funny noise when you move it, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what they say. Put that on the soundboard for next week, Spencer. <laughs> okay, uh, I've got one. I'll go grab it later. Um, I just think he was only 40 seconds up last year because at a certain point he got the gap and he just, he was doing tail whips and stuff, you know? And that's not as and efficient as he could have been riding. Like, if he had to fight it true. out with somebody, he would have just been that's, just hitting that's, those gaps that's, without that's, the tail whip. That's exactly what's going to be his downfall. Because I was watching this last lap of this race and Beat is drilling it out of every corner. He's one foot, like, around some of these <laughs> sweeping corners just going for it. Even yeah. with that massive gap, I think Vanderpool shuts it off at some point. Mm. And uh, this guy will either catch him if he needs to or keep him uh, at bay. I well, I hope you're right. I hope they heresy. have like, a good battle. It could be great. And then in the uh, women's race of Super Prestige, though, I just yes. want to throw out... So Yara Castellan takes the win over Alice Arzufi of Italy? And yes. I was like, wait a second, that's not the Italian, the one single Italian cyclist that I know and follow <laughs> in cyclocross. 
Uh-huh. That's Italians. not Eva. Who is this? Who is this imposter? So now I need to watch that. And that was pretty yeah. awesome to see. There's a lot of and, women stepping up this year who I don't yeah. have a lot of familiarity with. And I feel like I feel very confused when I watch the women's race, which is great. Like there's more there's more fast women stepping up. But I, then, I definitely felt like I was finally starting to not um, I like I feel like I had the men's ones. I knew I always knew what was going on. And I felt like last year I just turned on the women's race and I like was like, yeah, top 10. I knew who they were. I could kind of like play out scenarios while the race is going and now i turn it on and i'm like damn square one again so let me ask another question though i'll get there tebow niece wins the junior race the the uci men's junior race yeah right wins it by a second yeah so when does matthew vanderpool start getting worried about tebow niece (laughs) (laughs) dude vanderpool's not nervous about anybody come on yeah now I want to I want to jump back real quick, Tim, um, to this women's race because little guy was just saying how he's he's not feeling as confident about knowing everyone in the race, yeah, or at, the, at least at the pointy end of the race. It's good. And there's there's one thing I uh, I want to comment about that uh, because one name that he would know that should have been there wasn't, yeah, and that's Katie Compton. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she raced she now, raced Saturday. Well, this is big news. She was but, but, on the start list. Why wouldn't she super race Prestige. Super Prestige? That's by far a more important race. Mm-hmm. It is, Tim. And I'm glad you point this out because she's on the start list. Uh, she's ready to go. She's there, her and Mark Legg. Uh, and um, something went wrong with their uh, contract for start money with the promoter of the event. And oh. instead of uh, just kind of hoping they got paid... They said, nope, no dice. We're just not going. Uh, because that's how things work over there. Uh, it is it is a big money sport, and there is start money uh, and contracts guaranteed. And uh, if those guys weren't going to pull through on their end of things, uh, the huh. three-time winner of that race <laughs> was just like, okay, I'm going to go for a ride instead. Bye. Yeah. I hope Good that gets her. worked out. It'd be a bummer yeah. not to see Katie at more of those super prestigious. And she was... She got third on Saturday, so she's obviously in form yeah. right now. So riding well. Yeah. So other racing that was happening in the world of cyclocross was probably what some would argue the start, the the begin of the death of the UCI C one series here in the US because of the little known like I was listening to Cyclocross Radio, the media pit. I was talking a little bit about this. Um Bike Shop CX was, uh, was telling me all about it at uh Madison when we were up there. Uh that there's this whole like setup where you have to have five representatives from five oh, right. countries to keep a C1 designation. And of yes. course, since America is surrounded by an ocean and two countries on border, we rely on Canada and Mexico, maybe, and really Carolyn Monty <laughs> to be from France yes. and maybe <laughs> someone that's over for like Nash, like, ex- you know, like an exchange student <laughs> that may be from yeah. like gr- Great Britain to kind yep. of be our fourth. Um, so only Four countries were represented at uh, the the C1 in Cincinnati this past weekend, won by Kerry Warner and Magali Rochette of Canada in the men's and women's race. Yeah. So per the rules, that one uh, doesn't look like it will be allowed to be a C1 again next year. So that would be there's only two left um, UCI or C1s in North America, right? Because that would be yeah. the Trek one and then the the Pan American Championship? Uh, that, that's a different designation. Oh, it would it? be okay. Jingle Cross has one and uh, and 
and Trek, Trek does not. Yeah. Um, it would be Charm City. Charm City, thank you. So it'll be great to see uh, what uh, Bill and the gang over at uh, Sidecross Radio come up with because that <laughs> that's we really want to learn more about it. Head over there. Yeah, but I mean, I'm surprised we couldn't pull five countries. I mean, well, we we had the Ukrainian really? national road champion at our cyclocross event in Minnesota. All that was just ago. dumb luck, though. He just was dating somebody <laughs> that lived in our city. <laughs> yeah, but can't they just like put up a flyer, like put it up on Tinder or something? Like, hey, do you race cyclocross? Are you from another country? Do you have a license? Help us out. We will upgrade you today. Like, yeah. Because there's always the. I remember when the the women's na- the women's Nature Valley Grand Prix came through Minnesota. There was always like the national champion of Bermuda or some, uh, I'm trying, like a Caribbean island country. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the Cayman Islands or something where someone was like, I got a lot of money. I'm going to create the Cayman Islands Cycling Federation so I can become the national champion of that event and uh-huh. ride this really cool jersey around. Um, you think maybe they could do that? Well, one, one year at the Northfield Crit, me and Spencer got to race the Trinidad and Tobago national team showed up yeah. to the Northfield crit. So like and, Emil Abraham just like brought his crew. And like, yeah, it's a small little teeny island nation, but I got to say that crit was fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were they were quick. It was super fast. And what was really against me was that it was super steamy and muggy and hot. And I was like, man, I bet this Trinidad team is just like, this is nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever, man. It's a hundred degrees and humid, not a problem. Well, I'm and since dying. it's since it's cyclocross season, it is that time of year on pro cycling stats where for like a week on end, the races that are at the top of the calendar are like Tour of Guatemala. Yep. And then uh, you know, Tour de Faso, like in Burkina Faso right now, like where the Angol the Angolan national cycling team is currently representing and crushing it. I mean, you're kind of like, oh, it'd be really cool if we could get some of them to our C1 series here in America. Because meanwhile, there's like four C1s that were in Europe. And since all the countries are within like a Sunday drive of each other, they get plenty of racers. And it's totally messed up with the UCI is coming down on us. And, uh, you know, it's time for revolution. Well, maybe. (laughs) I mean, I think our best solution is to get California and Texas to finally secede from the Union. And then right mm-hmm. there, we'll pretty we'll pick up two nations pretty I mean, easy for all our races. There should there has to be a Puerto Rican national cyclocross champion, right? Puerto I don't know if it's you're aware also of this, based Tim. here in America. Tim, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Puerto Rico is a part of the United States of America. You would think, but they are their <laughs> own cycling federation. That's why they're in the Olympics on their own flag, little guy. Yeah. But do they get that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Just, well, I'm here spitting facts. It's true. Uh, it's like it's it's little. It's a little weird, little guy. It's a lot <laughs> like Australia, and New Zealand. They're they're totally different countries, even though they're close to each other. <laughs> well, I guess we just shouldn't help them rebuild. Then that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a so. Anyways. They have their own cycling federation. Then they're on their own for everything else. So the super prestige Lars Sweek took third. That's yes, most important stand in, of the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, in Spain, at the C1 in Spain, Dieter's week got second. Nice. Oh. All right, before, before we move on, I don't. you guys didn't watch Saturday, and it's like in no. Berrigan or something. <laughs> this race basically went up a hill, like started and went up a hill for half a lap, and then went downhill for half a lap. 
it was bonkers. It was the craziest, fast, dirt, like dry descending where you can was see. Was it just like, a 180 at the top? It was like the whole race was like um, just a lump of a hill that was like a wall. And they literally switched back up it. And then they like bombed down the other side at crazy speeds. When people did crash, it was bad. Um, like one dude crashed and just got up and immediately grabbed his collarbone and just walked off the course. Um, wow, but it was a super good. cool race. It was super fun to watch. Uh, Pidcock went out super fast and just like ripped away with Quentin Harriman's. And then eventually Pidcock went down and Harriman's just rode away. But then Tunerts had a nice battle. Uh, coming so, back from getting barbed wire stuck in his frame oh, on the geez, first lap. Jesus. He was fine. Think, he just like, wait, he the UCI allows that they can be a C one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they have barbed wire on like, the course. The, everyone rides up to the top of the hill for like half a lap and he pits immediately. Cause the pits like basically on top of like a 10 story mountain. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like the views from the top of this were like, you were on level with the top of a factory that was next door. So is this, is, was this a trash dump at one time? <laughs> I don't know. That? It's like, it's nuts. You got to watch it. It's just like up and then like down at like a hundred miles an hour. And some of the descents in this, I mean, it looks like a mountain bike race. There's like, like big banked berms and they're just whipping around it like a hundred miles an hour. Like it was a crazy yeah, race. It was sounds just like a not a course. It was not like any course I'd seen. And since it was super dry, it was like, Everyone's bike is bouncing around as they're descending at speeds that don't seem don't seem good. They seem scary. <laughs> it was fun. It's but like so just you, watch it for right. some highlights of Pidcock and Herman's like railing down so, these descents because it's so let's talk this, about harrowing. oh sorry no this is this is the exact kind of course that I love and obviously <laughs> little guy loves and uh, what I'm hoping. Roman Bardet loves too because the hot rumor on the street is that he's coming out. Uh, you know, tour contender to race some cyclocross. He he has maybe negative percent <laughs> body fat, and this is, how uh, it it is, <laughs> this is gonna how, be incredible. Well, I this remember is how it all started. Okay, go on, go on. I'm gonna Matt, remember another Frenchman, but go on. Matt, Matthew Vanderpool just start, like has one year, and then everyone's just like, "I'm yeah. coming back to cyclocross." Like, like this is how just backwards this sport is like baseball everything's analytic driven like oh man this pitcher can only pitch for like two innings at most 16 pitches and then we're gonna take him out like it's down to the science one guy comes in that's like a once in a lifetime athlete destroys it and everyone's just like yeah i guess i'm gonna recycle cross now (laughs) as much as everybody thinks they know what they're talking about with their power meters it does sort of put it in perspective that no one really knows what they're talking about. So just remember that when your coach tells you they have the perfect plan for you, they're, they're, they're pretty much at least 50% guessing to, to be fair, Tim, to your point, there were two guys Wout did, did pretty good. You turned this, this forgot about that guy too. But, um, what, what I'm most interested in is just, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. It's, I'm just like. So, so what, what cross races would he be good at? Like basically well, I, just the ones that go up a hill, like Coppenberg Cross Coppenberg and Jingle Cross. cross. This yeah. one on Saturday <laughs> would have been perfect for him. This Maybe cross. Spa. Yeah. So Well, here's the thing, Spencer. I know you you seem worried about him, and I and I understand your worry. We don't want him to crash out early and miss the tour next year, and you you seem like you're worried he's going to catch like pneumonia or something. Mm-hmm. But let's remember <laughs> the greatest, shame. one of the greatest cyclocross racers of the last decade, Gadre, 
Also, zero uh-huh. percent no, body fat. Looked like an alien. I mean, he didn't even have hair. He had no hair on his body. He was. <laughs> he looked like a mouse that had fallen out of the nest, like a baby mouse that had fallen out of the nest and hadn't eaten for a couple of days. And he he was a great cycle, cyclocross racer, and he also, you know, he once podiumed at the Giro. So like, so, yeah, it's possible to be both a great. It absolutely is. So how much Frenchman. how much racing is Bardo gonna do? Bardet gonna do? Sorry, I have I have no idea, no idea. But <laughs> such a good he's, rumor. He's, he's coming out. He's gonna check it out. He's gonna see what it's all about. Get some of the snap uh, into his legs and uh, and take that into road season um, with him. So that is. That is exciting stuff, so, you guys. How many more Grand Tour <laughs> contenders are we going to see this fall? It's starting already. Well, maybe, we're already going to do it. We're already seeing one right now, Thomas Pickock, because <laughs> surely mm. this guy is already like signed a blood oath or something to Ineos, right? I, mean, I, I assume don't, so. I don't know, man. Like, yeah. like what? Like, what is he still doing? He's so ridiculously strong. Britain really cares about cycling. <laughs> like, <he> clearly, <laughs> has to be the guy. Like. It does seem a little He's crazy that he Field. hasn't. I mean, he created his own team though. He was <laughs> he he was sort of like I don't know. I'm 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 with you, Tim. I'm a little surprised. He I'm he all in like, on this guy. I like his style. He's doing the privateer route, but someone's definitely bankrolling it. Yeah. All right. I'm just throwing that out. Hey, little guy, you were talking about this this race um, that went up the hill and then it just came down. It reminded me back in like 2000, I don't know, maybe it was like 2007, 2008, we were doing like a family vacation or trip or something out to Montana. So back then I used to care about bike racing. And so I went on USA or to like actually race it. I went on usacycling.com to see like, oh, what what events, what races are happening in Montana while I'm on my trip. Um, and I saw the flyer for like the Montana State Road Race Championships. Oh, you better jump mm. into that. Yeah, you'll do great. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The course itself, it was like a 30-mile course. But at the end, it says like in the small print, it was like 30 miles along U.S. Highway 2 or whatever, like 2A, mm-hmm. one turn, and they showed a map. And basically, it was, it was like 15 miles that way, and then they had a cone in the road, and oh. then you did a, a 180, and you just came back. Wow! So it was a group time trial. This may actually have been the one race that I could do decent in, because it was yeah. just because the last turn was so far away from the finish that I could <laughs> probably get back up. That's crazy! I didn't. Think and it was any, straight as any, an arrow. Anyone could do races more boring than some of the races we used to do around here, but I guess yeah, it was true. one turn. I couldn't believe it. I was like, man. But how much? How much climbing was there? It, it, I'm pretty sure it was. You know, maybe you went over a butte or two. Oh yeah, that would have been think. too much for you. I know one I, year, the one year I went to Arizona for like a, a month or a week, or a week or two in January, and I hung out in Tucson. And I thought about doing a road race that was up by Phoenix, and I'm really glad I didn't because I thought maybe I still had form because I did nationals that year for cross, and I was like, I still probably got a little bit of form, you know. And I'll just I'll ride for a week and then I'll do this race. And I did one group ride, one of the shootout group rides in Tucson, 
and was just blown out the back so quickly before we even like <laughs> got like five blocks out of downtown. I was just like huffing and puffing and just screwed, just totally screwed. I was like, whew, really glad I didn't pre-reg for that race in the mountains, <laughs> like a total dummy showing up from Minnesota, like all pasty and shit and just getting dropped. Ugh. So, so this got me thinking, <laughs> like back in the day when before bike reg came around and USA Cycling's I, uh, registration system. My, yep. uh, I really enjoyed going on to see what race flyers used to look like. Cause some teams would be really all about it. We, for instance, had a really good race flyer when we did the campus crit all those years ago, Spencer yep. did a great job of designing it. Maybe we'll put it up on the Instagram. That was, that was top notch. We had like the monopoly guy <laughs> walking around with money and it was just like, come to our race. It's amazing. Um, fantastic stuff. Nowadays, you go to USA Cycling and you look at the flyers. It's just a lot of bullet points. There's not really much creativity in, you know, like hand drawn logos or you know sponsors. You're like, wait, what is that? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a di- it's a lost art. Yeah. Not even a, a dying art. art. It's a lost art. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the many casualties of uh, of Amazon and the internet. <laughs> yeah. But at least now you could f- learn about the races. Whereas when we started, <laughs> I was true. very confused at. Where well, it was, if any place this bike handshake. racing thing occurred, or you used to have to hand write down what your uh, your results were and then submit those to the upgrade official, like they had access to see if you were really telling the truth truth on your results. You could be like, "Oh, I was down yeah. here and uh, I was down in Florida at this uh, little known crit, the yeah, tortoise they, tortoise tumble." They still, <laughs> wouldn't, got, still wouldn't upgrade you, probably. I got seventh place. It was great. <laughs> the tortoise tumble and then they'd write back how many people were in that race there has to be at least 15 <laughs> people in the race for those upgrade points to count and you're like really because nobody understands your system still <laughs> ever oh anyway well guys what a wonderful week in the world of cycling i was thrilled as always to join with you we'd also um want to redirect everybody for the very last time for the 2019 wide angle podium member drive head over to wideanglepodium.com Click donate, learn a little bit about the shows that we have on the network. We absolutely love your support. It means a lot to us, and it really does help us keep the lights on this place and to help us keep going weekly with you, including all of our other shows, including Life in the Peloton, Consummate Athlete, Bike Shop CX, Cyclocross Radio, The Gravel Lot, and then also we shouldn't be, uh, we're missing out on uh, Grodio for uh, all your gravel racing needs and rollerderby.com where you can Uh, play almost certainly the best fantasy cycling game on the internet. True. It's true. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. If you want to email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com, you can also email us and find us on Twitter at the slow ride pod. (laughs) How many times have we done this? And Spencer. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, Tim. We're also brought to you by Works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, works. Uh, works. Hydroshot. Where get get a fifteen percent discount with the code Clean Bike when you go to yourcleanbike.com, Tim. Uh, did you want to also um, say thank you to BK One for the intro and outro music? Absolutely. I'd like to say thank you to him for the intro Thanks, and outro BK1. music. Guys, I'm oh. absolutely nailing this outro. You're crushing it. <laughs> Just fix it in post. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. (laughs) This is Matt still in Bahrain, just needing a couple hundred thousand dollars, people. Come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> and this is Spencer in Boston uh, on the road to recovery and waving at everyone that I see along the way. <laughs> that was our best outro ever. 100%. Yeah. Pretty sure we crushed it, guys. <laughs> the Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.